we should watch a movie. I'm Danny Weiser. I'm joined by my co-hosts Ellen Beck and Ty McGowan. What's up? How's it going? Hey. Uh, we are starting recording late, uh, and I'm <laughs> old and sleepy, so it's going like okay. It's about as good as it could be, I think. Yeah. It's not that late. It's fine. Yeah, it's really not that bad. <laughs> I'm 15 minutes from bedtime, folks. <laughs> God. <laughs> I should be scrolling in bed, like or laying in bed, scrolling through TikTok right now. Is what is where I should be at my nighttime routine. Oh, boohoo! You have to hang out with your friends instead. <laughs> it's listen. Life is hard. <laughs> my God. How's your weekend, Taya? At a crawfish? Bowl? Oh my gosh, crawfish boil was so fun. Started drinking at like ten o'clock in the morning. Like one of Let's one of the guys. So it was four of us all sitting up, and one of them's like. Okay, let's shotgun a beer to start it off. And I was just like, oh my God, I haven't eaten breakfast yeah. yet. <laughs> so, did y'all eat all 120 pounds of the crawfish? We ate a lot of it. There was like this big drama with like the guy was late with our crawfish. So a lot of people were like waiting around, but we got mm. it all cooked. We ate the majority of it. It was fun. We had a lot of people come through too. So, good. Yeah. It was fun. Sweet. Sounds fun. What about you, Ellen? What'd you do? Um, this is one of my few weekends off from friends and plans for the next couple months. Uh, so naturally I played woodworker's assistant, much to my chagrin. Nice. Um, and yeah, stayed up to like 3am staining cedar beams the other night. I wanted to kill him, but we got it done. Um, but I listened to like almost an entire audiobook in a day while painting stain. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a pergola, so it'll all be worth it. Nice. That sounds nice. Yeah. Um, but no, I did other stuff too. And I kept notes because I always forget to tell you guys what I've been up to. <laughs> um, oh, I found... Uh, <laughs> I also watched the entire second season of Love is Blind this past okay. week, which fun. Um, I think kind of the si- similar reasons of... Or maybe like opposite reason, but like still as fun of why we love Love Island. Yeah. Because like Love Island doesn't take itself too seriously. Love is Blind. The whole purpose is to take itself way too seriously and like i freaking love it these people are absolutely insane and they like give themselves entirely to the idea of like we met we talked about seeing each other for 10 days and decided to get married and we're gonna go through with it and it's incredible and like the second season had just like a really good cast of like particularly insane people um i've never watched that show before in my life but i was scrolling through like my tiktok not my TikTok, Twitter Discover page. Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, Love is Blind. Are they still together? No, 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 <laughs> no. Yes, actually. Two of them <laughs> are, which is insane that two marriages came out of this season. Yeah, um, and it's been a year since they wrapped. But I will say, I can't remember with the first season, but I know for sure with this season, they pick people that all live in Chicago, which it gives yeah. them a leg up. It's like, if you're going to meet and then immediately start a life together, let's at least make sure that you guys live in the same city. Yeah, that's <laughs> So are there, are there like 30 minute like conversations where they're just talking about like restaurants in Chicago and you have no idea what they're talking about? I mean, they cut that yeah. stuff out, uh, but I'm sure they did because <laughs> they just talked all day. Yeah, this day, is my favorite like, deep dish spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I will say the second season is wild and the, the um, reunion just aired on, uh, was just added to Netflix on Friday and it was good shit. You know, Vanessa and Nick Lachey are the hosts and like they, they were not fucking around at the reunion because it's Netflix and you don't have to like be censored. Like Vanessa Lachey just like 
laid into one of the guys who ended up being like a complete dirtbag. And she was like, you're on the wrong show. Blah, 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 blah. You should have never done. Like, she was just like, I was here for it. It was very, very good. Um, and then I listened to the whole first season of another new podcast that just came out called Normal Gossip. <laughs> and it's about, God. like, people submitting, like, real-life juicy gossip stories. It's, like, not celebrity gossip. It's, like... And it's so good. Oh, my God. Why aren't we doing that show? <laughs> that show sounds so much better than this movie podcast oh, we're doing. Honestly. We don't have the listenership for, like, people to be sending us stories from around the country about, like, so-and-so's so-and-so who ended up being, like, a scammer. You know, like. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> we could do it. We could try to but do yeah. it. <laughs> we, could, we could source from our immediate friends and just change names, but people would still yeah, know. Yeah, people would figure it out. <laughs> 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 cool Anything but else? uh of course saw the bat yeah we'll talk about let's talk about that yeah let's L- like okay yeah. so we can <laughs> yeah. we gotta be able to say you know spoilers and stuff like that so let's mm-hmm. yeah. all talk about that together <laughs> yes uh saturday was one of those like uh good busy productive days like you're kind of steadily doing stuff and getting stuff done but it's not like a stressful kind of busy you know what i mean like i lunch with an old friend and clean the apartment and did the dishes and the laundry and that kind of boring boring type stuff listen to uh an audiobook that ellen has been asking me to listen to and it's really good yeah i've been trying so hard not to pester you all the time because uh, that'll just make you start hating this series that I love so much. But I'm like, I'm so glad you're liking it. I'm giving pretty consistent updates. You I are, like. and I but appreciate I'll, it. Every little a lot of it is just like, yeah. It. A lot of it is just like, here's a horny moment that I know that y'all are eating up, and God, it's. it's I will say there was a moment where you straight up attacked me and Megan. Um, what did you say? Uh, oh, you said like I think you're like this trope would have been really popular with tumblr girls i can see why you guys are so into this and i was like wow attack me why don't you <laughs> listen if the shoe fits you know. <laughs> uh yeah i've been listening to that a lot um and then sunday had some buddies come over made a big batch of chili um it was a good day had a had a nice weekend um and then yeah i also saw the batman i saw it on, i was able to see it on thursday I, because so we got this like we have this theater in town that's about a year old and it's like, it's big and nice. And like, it's it like you would think it's like a Cinemark or an AMC when you walk into it, but it's one of those, like it's attached to a movie bowling arcade ropes course grill, like restaurant type place. You know what I mean? Wow. Very fancy. Well, it's just like, it's just one of those places like like most people I think forget that there's a movie theater there. And so like I didn't buy tickets ahead of time. I went to a Thursday 4 p.m. showing and there was nine people in the theater nice. for, for the freaking Batman. Nice. So which is kind of perfect for me because I want to be near people that often, especially <laughs> crunching popcorn and yelling kids and stuff, you know, but. Uh, I think I guess now is probably as good Wait, time as any. I talked. I watched some other movies. I'm back on my yeah, movie, get into movie it. train. <laughs> so I watched okay. Stargate. It sucked. It's not a good movie. It's really <laughs> bad. It's you know Kurt Russell back before he did good movies. Um, right. Then I watched Star Trip Troopers. Freaking awesome. I mean, same guy that did Total Recall <laughs> and RoboCop, Paul Verhoeven. Just amazing. Just so ridiculous. Had you not seen it before? Never. And it's just. Re- I've seen parts. It's so but- crazy. 
<laughs> I saw Starship Troopers when I, I was way too movie. young to see Starship Troopers. Oh yeah, it's super gory. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like eight. And like a I lot think. of just seven, like I was like seven or eight. A lot of just like free like nudity, unexplained nudity. Yeah. <laughs> First time I saw nudity was Starship Troopers. Actually. Um, <laughs> then I saw Literally, like eight, eight years old brothers watching me. I'm sitting in the living room like what the fuck. Hey. So, uh, then I saw After Yang, the Colin Farrell movie. Um, that was big at Sundance. Oh. Um, yeah. What do it you was think? really good. I I really liked it. Ellen, you'd really like it. Danny, you would hate. Mm. It. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know. Um, and then I saw Fresh with Sebastian Stan, and I don't know who the actress is because she's not in a lot of things. Oh, um, Daisy I Edgar do. Jones. She was in Normal People. Yeah, Daisy Edgar. She was in Normal People, and she's going to be in Where the Crawdads Sake. I'm really excited. Isn't that. that the Cannibal movie? Yeah. So this is. I yes, thought it was going to be thought. like every Cannibal movie because I feel like there's a lot, like weirdly, a lot of Cannibal movies <laughs> in recent years. Uh, but this was pretty good. I gave it like three and a half stars plus half a star because the soundtrack is like one of the best soundtracks I've heard in a very long time. Um, but <coughs> Sebastian Stan is really good and crazy and creepy, and Daisy Edgar Jones is awesome. Um, and then I saw I think he likes doing those kinds of roles. Yeah, like he's ha- he weird. He's having like not like the biggest career out of all the Marvel people, but I think he's having like the best. Best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I saw Scream, the the newest Scream, and it was oh, it was yeah. all right. Was yeah, fun. it was it was fine. It was just <laughs> it got a little too much. Courtney Cox not being able to make facial expressions didn't really help. <laughs> <laughs> but true. Yeah. But then also saw the Batman on Thursday. So let's get into heads up. We are about to spoil the Batman. So go ahead and skip to the twenty six minute and thirty seconds. Let's get into my chemical let's Batman real quick. <laughs> oh man hottest movie of the year maybe the decade of the year of the decade it is the first week of march <laughs> i don't care i don't think i've seen anything that hot on screen Whew, and maybe ever like that was so <laughs> good but also very very good like yeah. I loved every second of that. I don't care if it was three hours long. I freaking loved it all. Yeah, there was, there was like a moment where I'm like, okay, this is like really good. And it's like, you know, you see Paul Dano just creeping behind this guy in the start of the movie. Ooh. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is good. You know, nothing crazy. But then we get to that hallway scene. And it's like the first time I've ever like been uncomfortable when Batman is around normal people. Because you could feel like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like a... F- dude who's mentally disturbed wearing a bat costume and that's the first Mm -hmm. time i've ever felt that with batman i was like okay this is the best batman movie like this is the best one it's so good i i mean i've seen a bunch of like interviews with uh uh, with robert pattinson which you love to see it he's so chaotic but also like you can tell he did take this seriously i mean it, it shows big time but he was talking about how like in all the other versions um of bruce wayne like he puts like he's like the playboy and that's like his you know what he defers to when he's not the batman and then he's the batman he was like i kind of took the approach of like what if he doesn't go to this like playboy mode yeah when he's bruce wayne and he instead of him like flipping a switch in his personality to go back and forth between the two he's just always this guy and like he's the most himself 
And so, like, when he's Bruce Wayne, he feels like he's kind of nothing. Right. And I was like, I mean, I'm I'm paraphrasing because, like, he said it so differently. But, like, that's the what I got out of his interview. Well, yeah, and he I was has like, a British accent, so. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it just, it made so much sense and, like, informed what I was seeing. I mean, it was, he really blew me away. Like, I know that he was a good actor. And I'm not surprised at all that, like, Good Times was the movie that Matt Reeves saw and was like, that's my Batman. But, like. Shout out to Good Time Grocery in the Batman movie. <laughs> right, yeah. Didn't you see that yeah, little cameo? Um, it was so good. And Paul Dano. Yeah, he might be the best oh, Batman. Oh, he's for sure like, the best Batman. Oh, he's, de- he's definitely the best <laughs> Batman. So but when you think about it, like, that's not it's saying not a ton. Yeah. We haven't gotten, like, great Batman actors on yeah, screen. Yeah, I guess you just have to be, like, better than Christian Bale was. But Yeah. Which I always, th- like, listen, I still think The Dark Knight is better than The Batman. The Batman's second, for sure, out of all the Batman movies I've seen. But, like, Christian Bale was not, like, great. Mm-hmm. He always felt weird. He's always, me. Batman has always been just as good as the villain. This is the first time yeah. where Batman was better than the villain. And the villain mm-hmm. was still, I yeah. mean, Paul Dano, everything go. I've been saying about my boy. <laughs> I mean, finally people are seeing it. Like, come on. Yeah. I think one of my biggest complaints about it, I, I loved it too, just further. I gave it four and a half stars. I thought it was great. Um, I wanted them to let Paul Dano do more. You know what I mean? Like, we, we finally got to see towards the end of it. This isn't really spoilery, I guess. Um, we get to see him, like, do the descend into actual madness yeah. thing and start, mm-hmm. like, I wanted more of that. Like, I, I wanted them to get just give him a bigger platform to show how good he really is. Because I he was great every second he was in it. I just wanted I wanted more. But again, that's not Paul Dano's fault. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the pro- like the only problem with this for me was the campaign before this. Because I watched this trailer so many times, and they put all the good sh- the shots were still amazing. I mean, that shot of him yeah. walking to the penguin's car oh, was the upside down so good, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. But like we saw that in the trailer, and I kind of wish we didn't see it in the trailer. And then also, yeah. how awesome would it have been if they just never said who the villain was or like who was playing him, and they just yeah. kept yeah. it under? Because Paul Dano's not bringing asses to seats. Like I love him, but yeah. he's not putting people in the theaters. <laughs> and it would have been yeah. awesome if like that reveal of you see him in the coffee shop for the first time. It would have been so good. I agree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, amazing. yeah. This it was so beautifully shot. I mean. So much of it, I just kept being like, kind of like, sit back in my seat and be like, this is incredible. Like, the the sunset when they, him and Catwoman are standing oh, Zoe uh, on the building. The sex oh, I mean, we can get so into Zoe in a minute. Damn hot. <laughs> incredible. And so hot. But like, yeah, that scene and like, the way he lit all of the scenes were with lighting that was within the scene. Yeah. Which was so effective. Um, and I think I texted you guys. I was like, if, um, if the Joker was, uh, what's his name? Todd Phillips's shitty version of a, of a Scorsese movie. This is Matt Reeves perfect version of a Fincher yeah. movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, do you think Fincher like fin- is watching this and just being like, he did it. He's, he he, did it. <laughs> you can take the torch now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. It was just. I, I loved all of like the sets and just every way the whole way that this was shot all a lot of like the camera work and like the perspectives that were used were just so great and it's very much like the neo noir thriller that we love from like venture movies and just brought into like 
into Batman, which is perfect because he's supposed to be like this great detective. Yeah. And obviously, like, this is the first time we've really seen him do detective work. It was great. It was awesome. It was so freaking cool. So, <laughs> yeah. But Zoe Kravitz. Oh, let's talk about her for when a second. She her was. Her hips. My okay. God. <laughs> Every time she walked. <laughs> oh, my They're... God. It's insane. They did not lie. I mean, Her hips did not mm-mm. lie. Telling the truth. <laughs> God, Danny loved that one. <laughs> I did. <It's> so stupid. <laughs> oh man, she. I mean, well, the thing is, like, she is so tiny. Yeah. Like, she is so freaking small. So, like, every curve that she has just seems incredible because, like, she, her proportions are insanely little. But, like, yeah, when she's like stalking around and those like thigh high leather boots are oh <laughs> just god. like hell yeah my <laughs> god <laughs> oh my gosh how about uh colin uh, farrell just d- unrecognizable completely unrecognizable <laughs> Incredible. so Insane. good i was... truly would have had no idea that it was colin farrell if i didn't like know beforehand that that was him casting it like 100 percent unrecognizable i thought when this movie was great. made it was supposed to be jonah hill jonah hill was going to be the penguin and i was so pissed cool. that he dropped out but wow. now that colin farrell was in it like i can't picture it as anyone else he was so, like he's he's like the like everyone from this movie is who i'm going to think about like for their characters like, mm-hmm. Paul Dano's the Which, Riddler, uh, Robert Pattinson's the Batman. You're going to think about Jim Carrey as the Riddler? Are you sure? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, DeVito's Penguin is just so, so different, and it will always be, like, incredibly iconic to me, watching him eat that, like, they're just fish. They're two different characters. <laughs> they're two completely different characters, In- so it's completely. hard to compare them. So. Well, I, don't, I mean, granted, I don't know the comics, but, like, I don't know if, I don't know if the, the Penguin was, like, somebody under one of the mob bosses who, like, came into his own. I feel like this mu- this one very much set... I mean, it kind of spoilery. I guess we can just say spoilers, but, like, it it very much felt like we were setting him up for something bigger Oh, subsequent sequels. Yeah, there's going to be a TV show. Yeah, I know there's going to be a TV show, but I feel like... Involved, yeah, I know think, that, but, right? like... Yeah. yeah but it's going to be... Said, but the main but... character is, like... Isn't it that guy with the weird voice who works at the police station or something like that? It's... It's oh, weird. Yeah. No, but that's been put on hold. Matt Reeves just said, I think he like said in an interview, either like we're not doing it now or it's on pause. I think because this has been such a success, they're kind of like, maybe they're throwing their whole weight into like green light a trilogy. That would be awesome. Especially with that ending scene with mm. the Riddler in prison and who we have coming in to Ooh. play that villain. Ooh. <laughs> Can I tell you? Okay, full, full spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. When he first started talking, Cameron and I both looked at each other and we were like, oh my God, if that's Jared Leto, I'm walking out. (laughs) (laughs) And then it zooms in and you can see there's like scars on his face. And I was like, wait, is this supposed to be Two-Face? And you go, oh no, those are like like scarred smile. Like we're going that direction with a potential Joker. And I was like, yes. He kind of looked like the Joker from the video games and that guy like from the video games and the comics his face is like scarred it's like burn scars with makeup on it cool so cool which like does barry keegan really need makeup to look like he's like just been punched in a million times no but i'm fine with it i love him i'm so happy (laughs) man is squished (laughs) that's what he looks like 
<laughs> oh, what else? Uh, Did we miss anything? Jeffrey Wright. I mean, really good. Yeah. Everyone was always. very perfectly cast. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I mean, I know like the last like 30 to 45 minutes are a bit bonkers and they're kind of like, what else are they going to throw at us? I think if any, if there was any low light, it's like, do we have to flood Gotham? Or, you know, it felt very like, like you know. That caught me by Gotham. surprise. Because like, yeah. I was like, oh, he's going to like blow up like a bunch of spots and kill a bunch of people. And then they're like, he's blowing up the seawall. I'm like, oh, shit, you can flood this city? Like, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> That's the thing about Gotham. It's like, so it's pro- it's my own mental block. I've always had in my head when it comes to D.C. that Metropolis is New York and Gotham is Chicago. And it's like. Oh, I always thought Gotham was like some city in New Jersey, like Atlantic City or something like that. Mm. <laughs> just- I just, I just always pictured as chicago but of course it's been filmed everywhere i think they filmed a lot of this in like liverpool liverpool baby yeah but you know what it's great it gave it that gothic vibe which like i really i like almost i put my head in my hands halfway through this movie i went good god gotham gothic duh (laughs) ellen you're so stupid (laughs) that's incredible You got it. Way to go. Breaking news on We Should Watch a Movie. (laughs) Did you know? Did you know? Incredible. Did you know that when Vigo Mortensen kicked that helmet, he actually broke his toe? Oh, my God. (laughs) But then, well, it was because I was stopping to notice how awesome Wayne Manor looked. I was like, what a beautiful gothic mansion. It really fits like the idea of Batman. I went... Oh, good God. I'm such an idiot. That's the whole point of Batman. It's a gothic noir story. So funny. How about that scene where they're driving out of the graveyard and they both look at each mm. other before they go opposite ways and then they can't. And then I he almost just, cried. He's just looking at his rear view mirror until she disappears. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so good. I hope she comes back, but I understand if she doesn't because it felt like kind of a perfect. Yeah. I saw I saw Thing. somebody on the Mad About Movies Discord say the town that she said she was going to is the town that Nightwing is from in the comics, apparently. Mm. So that would be cool if that were a thing or if that was true. They could have just lied to me and I believed it, which is t- definitely possible. But Blood, it's Bloodhaven. But the thing is, you can't. Did she say Bloodhaven? Because that's where Nightwing's from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, like, you can't make Batman this sexual, like, with this much tension in the first movie and then take away the most chemistry he'll ever have with another person and like not bring her back. Like this, this movie is just so Batman classically a love story. (laughs) Here's the thing. It can be now. You can bring back Talia al Ghul. I mean, Batman literally had a kid with her. So I guess, or like, what's it? Who was, who was he? Something. Wasn't it like Gordon's, niece or something wasn't that part of the killing joke oh there's and also mask of the phantasm they have one and he has a relation or almost like gives up the cow for in mask of the phantasm so they could bring that back yeah but like no one's gonna give him that like chemistry the way (laughs) it's pattinson he's like one of the best actors out there i'm sure they can find someone to get with chemistry (laughs) i know and if there's any if there's any actor or series that could like finally you know give us some like action with batman i think it's this one 
per the debate we had Didn't last summer. Val Kilmer like Goodness. get it on pretty explicitly in his Batman movie? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He did with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. yeah. He sure did. But we did confirm. What was it like last summer when we had that big old debate over Batman? Like, yeah. I got to see it now. <laughs> Robert Pattinson could oh, do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, now yeah. it's like not even a question. This version of Batman would and should. He would just do it with Nirvana playing in the background. Yes. <laughs> Underneath the bridge. Goodness. Matt Reeves writing this entire movie while only listening to Nirvana makes so much sense. Mm. He, he only true? listened to Nirvana and Robert Pattinson <laughs> modeled his Bruce Wayne off Kurt Cobain. Love yeah. It. Here for it. It was sick. That's why the and only also, song like in the movie is, is a Nirvana song. And it's little, but I truly love that this is the first time we see Batman who like actually has black makeup on his eyes when he takes his cowl off. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Well that's the whole thing with this one is it all felt grounded. There wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of like not a lot of need for suspension of disbelief like there has been in every Batman movie so far. This one is like everything felt like even the Batmobile is like, yeah, like yeah. I think a I think a dude could make that car probably. Yeah. That's like this. Well, it was a lot of pra- it was a lot of practical effects too, yeah. which made it feel real. Like that was a practical effect when the car shot through the the fire. Yeah. Yeah. So That's cool. like when people are like, I don't like this like like emo depressed Batman. I'm like Dude, this kid watched his parents (laughs) get murdered in front of his face and then chose to fight crime in a bat suit for the rest of his life. Like, he is mentally disturbed. This is what these people are. This is what a mentally disturbed person would be like. And now a millennial. Yeah. Like, (laughs) he's depressed, bro. (laughs) That's a good point. That's a very good point. Oh, man. Uh, Cool. Ready to wrap up Batman talk? Yeah. We didn't really spoil too much of it, so I think we're good. No, yeah. We st- still should probably give some <laughs> We did. We said spoilers. They could, they did. If we did. Yeah. Well, now it doesn't matter. We're already past it, but. All right. You ready to uh, get into The Departed? Yeah. Yeah. Kick it up right. to Boston, the movie, baby. <laughs> movie we watched for this episode is The Departed from 2006, directed by Martin Scorsese, stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, and Jack Nicholson. Has a 4.2 rating on Letterboxd and a Rotten Tomato score of 90%. To take down South Boston's Irish Mafia, the police send in one of their own to infiltrate the underworld, not realizing the syndicate has done likewise. While an undercover cop curries favor with the mob kingpin, a career crim- criminal rises through the police ranks, but both sides soon discover there's a mole among them. Um, pretty obviously, I think this was my first time seeing this. <laughs> um, I don't think anybody's super surprised about that, which means that I had to write the summary for this one. So if you guys are ready, I'll get into it. Uh, The Departed is the story of Billy Costigan and Colin Sullivan, two recent graduates of the police academy in Boston. Billy is told that he won't be brought on as a cop, but due to his and his family's history of crime, he will be placed undercover to try and bring down Frank Costello, a local mobster. At the same time, Colin is brought on as a hardworking detective, but is actually a member of Costello's gang and will be informing Costello of any movements local law enforcement will make against him. Billy and Colin are two sides of the same coin, essentially. Billy quickly begins losing his mind working undercover with Costello. He fears that Costello is getting closer and closer to finding out that Billy's actually a cop and will kill him. 
Colin's also going a little crazy trying to figure out the identity of the undercover cop that's working with Costello. Meanwhile, Billy starts dating Dr. Madeline Madden, a psychologist that often works with, or psychiatrist, sorry, that often works with police officers. Uh, their relationship grows and they move in together. However, Madeline also begins seeing Billy on the side. The first, they first met when Billy came to her as a patient, but after recommending that he see a new therapist, they st- uh, start a sort of relationship. Tensions continue to rise as Billy and Colin get closer and closer to discovering each other's identities and roles within Costello's gang and law enforcement until Billy's contact with the cops, Queenan, is killed after the two meet. Colin is promoted and uses Queenan's phone to contact Billy. Soon after, Colin discovers that Costello is actually an FBI informant. This, combined with Costello's constant threats and the stress of his double life, causes Colin to kill Costello. Billy's job is over, so he goes to meet with Colin to collect his payments for his undercover work, but when Colin leaves his office, Billy finds evidence that Colin was the spy in the department all along. Colin realizes he's been made, so he deletes Billy's file and the proof that he was ever a cop. Billy blackmails Colin with tapes proving that he was a rat, and they meet. The conflict escalates, and Billy is killed by another cop that turns out worked for Costello all along. This sort of starts a chain that ends with basically everybody in the movie getting shot in the head. The end. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Literally, pre- literally, pretty much everybody that was in this movie at one point, except for Vera Farmiga, yeah. <laughs> gets shot in the noggin. Everyone dies except for Mark Wahlberg and Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg wins in the end. <laughs> Which weird like, moral high ground. <laughs> all right. Um, going into this movie, I kind of uh, I knew. All of it. Uh, I, I, I like how you tried to say, like, I kind of, you're about to, you're going into, I kind of knew some of it. And then you're like, no, I knew everything that was going to happen. So I, I, I've seen Infernal Affairs, which is the 2002 movie from Hong Kong that this movie is based off of. Um, oh. And and they're they're kind of the same movie. Like, like, literally the exact, there are so many scenes that are just directly from Infernal Affairs. Like stylistically, they're different. I'll get into more of that later. Um, but because I've seen Infernal Affairs and sort of recently, actually, like Is it I think Infernal I, or Internal. That's, I, that's what I just looked it up. It's, he's saying it right. I thought he was saying yeah. Internal, and I thought I was going. I was like, insane. What's wrong with your speech? <laughs> I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> no, it's Infernal. Um, and I saw that. I, I saw it because somebody I don't remember who recommended it to me in one of the, like the letterbox roulette. That's probably Shane. from. Uh, I want to say it was Sean Blandford, maybe friend of the show. Both sound right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I saw that one uh, before I saw The Departed, so I kind of knew pretty much everything that was going to happen. So, uh, but what about you guys? What's your background with this movie? Uh, my family, big like my stepdad loves mob movies, so I grew up loving mob movies, and this was like like every mafia movie I'd watched before this felt like a like a different generations like. Like, The mm-hmm. Godfather is, like, my grandparents' generation's mafia movie. Uh, Goodfellas is, like, my parents' generation's mafia movie. And then this, like, when I saw this, I was like, okay. Even though I was, like, 11 when I saw this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is my mafia movie. And I freaking loved mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a similar background. So, I mean, I've gone on record before. I love mob movies and mob shows. And... I've realized I get that from my mom. She really likes that kind of stuff. And I used to I used to be like, my mom likes violent movies and shows. And I'm like, but I get it. Like, she watched The Sopranos, like, religiously when it was on air. And because I was, like, super sheltered, I wasn't allowed to, like, be in the living room on Sunday nights. Because uh, it was on HBO. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But it's the same thing. It's like she liked Goodfellas and all that stuff. And uh, I always felt like, oh, that's just so much older than me. Um, but Departed came out. 2006. I think I saw it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 2006. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going into high school. But I probably saw it like on like HBO or, sh- or something when yeah. I was like, I think in high school or maybe college. But yeah, I... I freaking love mob stories. I'm here for it all day. Um, Scorsese is like literally the king of mob yeah. movies. Um, and like you said, like this one feels like it's more about more for our generation. And um, yeah, I just, I, I, I like, I like the story that this one's telling because a lot of like mob movies and mob stories are kind of all the same, but this one being contained to like, you know, we're not telling this like epic, like, you know, biography of frank costello right the way that like you know Mm -hmm. goodfellas is all about like a life's worth of mobbing and you know crime this is about like a specific couple years or whatever it kind of amounts to um but yeah i that's my that's my background is like i this this was part of me falling in love with mob stuff Sweet. Sorry, I tuned out for a minute there because uh, Brian texted me that Casey Musgraves dropped a cover of "Fix You" by Coldplay uh, because Stop. he's a good friend and he lets like, me know about things like that. So I feel like Coldplay now is just there for people to cover. Like, yeah. hey, that's it. Hey, no, Brian. Uh, for the record, I freaking love Casey Musgraves, and um, Sorry, I didn't mean to out him. Like wish that. he could have told me about it too, but that's okay. Him and Tobin and I have our own uh, thread just devoted to taylor swift so i get it nice. brian i'm i'm fine <laughs> with you not texting me about casey Musgraves. it's fine i honestly not being sarcastic it's totally fine uh, you're missing out uh all right let's get into I highs i know ty said you had a million of them so how about i go yeah. first um, you I- go first then ellen and then i'll just scoop up the whatever's left <laughs> scoop up the rest um, i think our sh- highs are going to be different but yeah <laughs> oh. shipping up to boston slaps Obviously, yes. it's just mm-hmm. it's so. This good. movie made Ty, me we were talking, buy a it's played twice in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, also owned that album and kind of just listened to this and I think one or two other songs. So, uh, yeah, it, we were talking before we started recording. It just makes us think of MVP Baseball 2005. That's where my mind went. Sh- <laughs> yeah. Like, I this movie starts and that song starts playing, and I was like, oh god, what a good game! Yeah, best baseball video game because the intro to that game it would start and it would only be. Because the Red Sox had just won the World Series. So it was like only yeah. clips of the Red Sox. And it would start like every time you'd load the game, this would be the first song yeah. I played. So sick. Um, Mark Wahlberg's so funny in this. <laughs> like, I, I think most He's of them so are Him and Alec Baldwin. <laughs> really good. Buddy. Every We're, scene they're in, they freaking yeah. steal it. Like, <laughs> I'm tired from fucking your wife. Well, how's your mother? Good. She's tired from fucking my father. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> just, <laughs> and like right after he said it, he's like, all right, good. <laughs> Like, it's like totally, like, totally normal. Yeah. The maybe, maybe not, maybe fuck yeah. yourself is something that is quoted in my house yeah. a lot, a lot. That, yeah. that line is so much greater because he says it to his brother. His brother's the guy <laughs> playing right, the that FBI agent. He's like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck yourself. I love that they just included a scene uh, about Matt Damon's character, like, either finishing early or not being able to get it up Can't or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> can't get up because that's the whole scene with with alec baldwin he's like you married it's good you know it lets people know that you're not a homo and that your dick actually works and he's like oh it's working overtime he's like in overtime and, and alec baldwin so like, weird that- okay good so- yeah that 
I almost put that on my lows because I was like, oh my, ew. He's <laughs> working overtime. Shut up, dude. No, Loser. that's. A, I feel like that it's, but it's perfect for that character because he's yes. such a, he's so gross. Yeah. Like Colin yeah. is such a freaking. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Skis ball. <laughs> Um, the scene where they're surveilling the the warehouse was really intense. And oh good. yeah, they're surveilling that deal. Like that was and just like like that. Was, everyone's sweating in that so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that was the first scene in the movie where I was like, like on the edge of my seat and like couldn't focus on anything else. You know what I mean? Like that really was just so tense and good. There's something about that when you see actors like actually sweating yeah. or like mm-hmm. the the um the setting that they're at is like it's a real set and like people are getting like physically uncomfortable by whatever is happening like weather wise like that just feels so real to me and like i love to see it alec baldwin (laughs) looked like patrick ewing he was sweating through his (laughs) he was wearing an undershirt and he was sweating through it (laughs) yeah uh, the other scene that w- really gripped me, like could not focus on anything else if I wanted to, was the 314 Washington Street where they're meeting on the roof and then Costello's guys show up and throw Queen in off the roof. 344 Ooh. Washington Street. 314 is the wrong address yeah. that he gave him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's just so intense. And so, like, tell me how like I know. That was, yeah. Tell me how I know. That's really great. Um, I love the flip phones. <laughs> they were so loud when they flipped so them out. Did you ever loud. have a flip phone that had like that extra like clicking noise? Like some of them mm-hmm. just closed, and then some of them had like a click when they yep. opened. My first phone. And I was always that. jealous of my friend who had like the one that like made the extra click noise because I was like, oh, you can like really hear yourself flipping open the phone. <laughs> I had a slide. <laughs> the first phone. I had, had the LG chocolate where it just slid open. Ah, uh, yeah. I did have that and one. Then eventually. I had the side. Yeah, I, had it, right I had it eventually. That was my. Th- that was my Fancy. third phone. My fir- first phone was one of those clicking ones. Second one was a razor that I had for a while, and then I had a slide. I'm sorry, phone. I didn't know you guys were so rich. <laughs> you had razors and sidekicks. Well, it was a hand-me-down. Mom was due for an upgrade, so I got her old razor type type deal. But I didn't have a sidekick. I had like whatever the Verizon knockoff version of the slide mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. with the full keyboard. I had that phone forever. um and then my last one is just i I love the the dynamic uh, which is it's the point of the whole movie so it's like a very duh thing that i'm saying i just billy and colin being so similar but in opposite ways like colin's supposedly this hard-working straight-laced detective but is actually working for a mobster while billy's supposedly a two-bit gangster and low life but is actually trying to bring down a crime boss um and like that's highlighted by their relationship with Madeline. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. Madeline likes Colin because he's, she believes he's straight laced and she likes Billy. She believes that he's emotional and vulnerable and complicated when actually like it's like, he sort is of... emotional and vulnerable and complicated. Right. But it, she thinks it's like, she thinks it in like a very different, <laughs> she, but you know what I mean? Like she thinks it's in a very different way. Like he's like, you know, I don't know. It's Elle's she about to rip him. your head off. <laughs> She likes she likes Their opposite relationship things. is better because like he's honest with her. Yeah. Well she she just likes these two guys guy. for opposite I agree. Listen, I agree, Tell okay? Calm Relax. Down. She likes them for like opposite reasons that are, that are actually like in reality pretty similar. Yeah. Like what makes them so similar. But it's it's just a pretty fascinating character study. Ellen goes like, chill Go ahead. out. You're still worked up from I, the Batman and then watching this. To, this was a mistake. You could take another shower. 
I'm sorry. Done. I'm done. <laughs> that was my last one. Please go. Okay. <laughs> I'll uh, turn the air conditioner down a little bit too while you're at it. Talk, go ahead and talk. I'll talk about, about Billy last. <laughs> okay, um, you'll go last. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, I, <clears throat> I also had a lot of highlights. Um, it's mostly just me like typing out quotes as I was watching. I was like, God, this is so fucking funny. Um, but like, uh, <laughs> Frank Costello says, "How's your mother? She's on her way out. Well, we all are." <laughs> just just says it so perfectly like everyone in this movie is so perfectly cast and like jack nicholson as frank like his energy because he's such like a weird high energy guy who like is off the wall as is and like is so perfectly like slated to play frank costello like i mean he brings i think a lot of himself into it and it's so great like it just works so well Um, i think like when he there's like footage of i think richard said it when they did the departed and mad about movies but like it's like he'll he like when his scenes cut he would still be talking to the actors for like three (laughs) minutes and saying like the creepiest stuff as frank costello and like matt damon was just like dude what the fuck is this guy talking about like what is going on this is not in the script this is so creepy (laughs) like I mean, when he goes, like, I got this rat gnawing, cheesy fucking rat. Like, you know, that's just all <laughs> Nicholson. Or when he drops his gun and he's, like, looking at, like, uh, Billy Koskin as he's picking it up. I'm like, that is absolutely a mistake. And he totally meant to do that. And when he sneaks up behind him and he's like, shh, shh, and it's like, shh, the other guy. I'm like, okay, that's not in the script. There's no way Scorsese wrote no that way. in the script. <laughs> or, like, when he takes a a handful of loose cocaine throws it in a woman's face and goes, you want some cocaine? There it is. I, I don't think he <laughs> like, even threw it in her face. He threw it like on a bed or something. <laughs> Whatever. He just like, he chucked just, it on a bed and was like, have that, old lady. Fistful of cocaine. Don't stop until you're numb. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or when he shoots the girl uh, in the back, like at the beginning of the movie, he shoots the girl in the back of the head. She felt kind of funny. <laughs> Like what? Like what? <laughs> she felt kind of funny. <laughs> oh man, he was the hardest one to recast because like it's oh, all that Nicholson. Was, like I, he... I immediately knew how I wanted to play that character. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, there's a lot of this that's like I guess very like specifically Boston, which obviously like I don't personally know, but like you can tell. Um. Like little things, like when Madeline's handing him a croissant, she calls it a French donut. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> um, I know that this movie really like they very much like turn up the dial of like Boston accent. They make it kind of, you know, like people from Boston maybe don't really talk like that, but. I was here Are for you a it. Cop? I loved it. Are you a cop? <laughs> you a not cop? a fucking cop. <laughs> it's coming up later. <laughs> we will. We are not done I discussing the Boston accents, but it did not fit in this segment for I me. I loved it. <laughs> Whenever Mark Wahlberg does the thick Boston accent, I'm like, yeah, sure, he's not the best actor in the world, but it's awesome when he does the thick Boston accent. But he's perfect in this role. Yes. Like. That like With his stupid he was ass in... haircut. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. But he was incredible, just being like 
super aggressive energy at all times never like never not about to shoot his colleagues like yeah he's just like always like on like suspicious of everyone when he is leaving <laughs> queenan's office and he runs into matt damon and he intentionally keeps getting in his way not to let him go by <laughs> And he's just like just antagonizes it's everyone. Like, oh, suck my dick. Oh, sorry, not literally. There's no promotion in it for you. It just walks away. It's like, <laughs> this is an office, dude. This is an office. It's Boston. <laughs> what a terrifying place. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, and then it's all these quotes. Um so and then I wrote that the last forty minutes are nuts. Yeah. Like, as soon as Queenan falls in front of Billy, it's just, like, a shift. I just, I remember going, like, oh, <coughs> shit. Like, holy cow. Like, that was, that was big. How about um, when the blood just and then, immediately splashes on Leo's face? Ooh, yeah. It's, it's really good, like, dramatic use of, like, gore. Yeah. Um, but it still felt kind of real. It was, like, whew. Um, and then for them to kill Frank with 30 minutes still left in the movie, insane. Yeah. Like, you really think the whole thing's leading up to that, and you're like, we're just getting into the third act here. My God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the storytelling is just really good. And it's kind of the... Ter- uh, or Scorsese leaning, is leaning a little bit Tarantino by having everyone die at the end. I love it. Yeah. I love when people die in movies. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I get a happy ending's fun sometimes, but I love these, like, nihilistic movies where it's just like, nobody wins. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, I mean, the only one that you're really sad about is when Billy yeah. dies. Uh, maybe when Queen and wh- what was your reaction the first time you saw this movie? When it's like a split second and he's dead. Yeah, my my jaw was on the floor. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's supposed to. He's our hero. Yeah. Um, and the door's yeah. just open and boom, he's gone. Like no, <laughs> just no resolution <laughs> for that character whatsoever. Oh man, but yeah, let's talk about Billy. This was. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a blueprint for me for like fictional characters that I have like unhealthy crushes on. Um, so like he's like this moody kind of mis- misunderstood guy who's like smarter than everyone, but no one like takes him like you know seriously or whatever. Um, uh, I'll say this is Leonardo DiCaprio's hottest role to me easily. Um, Not the Revenant, there's, and there's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, it's it's like close to Titanic, but this this one's more so. Like he's way more broody, and like he looks intense. like a child in the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, he looks real young. <laughs> but like, you know, his and his and his performance is really good in this too. But like, the contrast between Billy and Colin really like, really makes you fall more in love with Billy, I guess, um, because like. When she says something like your vul- your vulnerability is freaking me out, is it real? I was like, that's just like so his character, and yeah. like I don't know, I loved every second of it. Um, I like that he is really, literally like the smartest character in this whole movie. Um, but there's just like kind of no way that he can win, um, which is just sad, and again, like just makes me be like, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> just feel, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but like it's obvious that he's the good like it's and it's such an obvious contrast right like there's not there's no subtlety yeah. here between him and colin he's he's the good guy colin's the bad guy but i don't care like mm-hmm. i don't care that the characters are pretty black and white in those regards um 
and like there's something about like yeah the the perfectly like broody kind of bad guy who's actually a good guy but no one else seems to know or care about that but that is very much like a blueprint for the fictional characters that I always <laughs> fall in love with. You're sad. You just love sad boys. That's yeah. Yeah, with like really hot bots. <laughs> yeah, did you like that scene where he's doing push-ups in his uh hundred percent? Yeah. 100%, yeah. <laughs> I remember when that when I first saw that I was like, because I never really like particularly thought that Leonardo DiCaprio was attractive. I think because like I didn't really see his like younger roles until I was older. So when I saw that one, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so Matt Damon is pretty perfectly slimy as Colin. Um, he's very perfect in this role. And it just like all the qualities about Matt Damon that I don't like in his real life um, kind of come through perfectly here. And it makes me feel like I have to separate like fiction from reality. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean... I, I've never particularly thought that Matt Damon was like a good guy in real life. Mm. And like whenever I see him playing roles like this, I'm like, yeah, he's an asshole. And he's very good at playing it for a reason. He grew <laughs> potatoes on Mars with his poop. Yeah. I want to relax. Calm down. He just stopped he just stopped saying like the F slur this <laughs> yeah, year and then admitted to it. It was bad until his <laughs> child told him. So like <laughs> it makes <laughs> it He told he he like did you ever see that clip of him that um, I think he was producing this too. It's like this documentary or he was like ha- helping young filmmakers like make some, you know, make short films or something. And he's having a conversation with like a young black woman who's a aspiring director. And he literally says to her, like, diversity is great, but it ha- it's places behind the camera. <laughs> like, Are you sure this wasn't a crypto commercial and not? A- <laughs> <laughs> also, he's a crypto bro. So, I mean, like, there's a lot to Matt Damon that I just Ew. don't like. And yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so those are my eyes. I think everyone is just perfect in this yeah. movie and it's so well done. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm up. I still have a lot that, I, that no one's talking about. <laughs> uh, the beginning of this Jack's face, just being in the dark, like instead of de-aging him, like Scorsese de- st- decided to do in the Irishman, he just hit his face. Like, why couldn't you do that? in the Irishman? like, what is going on here? <laughs> Because he had three hours of them being 30 years younger. You couldn't put yeah, them in right. shadow the he whole time. Have just, he should have just not made the movie. You're right, Ellen. Shut it. Yeah. No, or just not cast freaking Grandpa De Niro. <laughs> it's Scorsese. He has to have De Niro. Marty. He doesn't. It's the one movie where he doesn't know, have right? him. And it's like one of his best ever. He was supposed to be Queenan, but yeah, something fell through. Um, oh, man. Yeah, that would have been I'm terrible. I'm glad he's not because, yeah. yeah. Uh, the juxtaposition. Yeah juxtaposition of damon and and leah nice thanks uh of damon and leah's life like at the beginning was so great and you get this like idea of like okay damon's character like sullivan is like clearly like everyone sees him as this like good boy like he's you know he's everything you want to be as a cop and then you have leo who's like He's the good guy, but he's just pissing people off for no reason. Like when he's running with that guy from Kangaroo Jack, I haven't seen him in anything mm-hmm. else. He's Anthony Anderson. He's the star of Blackfish. Oh, okay. um, wow, he's lost a lot of weight since then. Okay, <laughs> um, he like when he's just like, yeah, well, you're a black cop in Boston, so like, 
your life is gonna suck which is like a true statement because boston's like the most racist city ever but like he's leo's like clearly like he's so smart that he doesn't understand what he's saying is just pissing people off for no reason yeah it's hilarious um the intro or dropkick murphy as we already talked about that um this is my favorite mark Wahlberg role i think like yeah. I love Boogie Nights, but I think this is my favorite Wahlberg, like in anything. No, I think this and other guys are like his mm, best yeah. work. The other guys is what came to mind. For <laughs> this me. is so good. I mean, him just pissing people off for no reason, and like him being next to Queenan, who's like this fatherly grandpa, who's like nice to everybody. Their dynamic is it's perfection. awesome. Like- <laughs> it's so good. Um, uh, the how's your mother? Good, tired from fucking my father. Like amazing. Like. Alec Baldwin, like, some of the just random stuff he would do, like, where he's like, son, you are a cop, and he does the, like, Catholic blessing, and then, like, he dips his face into a bowl of ice water, like, it's just so so good. And he's, he says, uh, what, you don't smoke? You one of those fitness freaks? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) And he says it so, like, he doesn't give him a chance to answer. So I'm gonna go have a cigarette. Do you smoke? You don't smoke. You're one of those fitness freaks. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Just walks away. Um, the maybe, maybe not. Love that line. Uh, Leo just being an exposed nerve for the entire movie is just like, like the, and you get it right when they're like, what are you drinking cranberry juice? Cause you're on your period. And he smashes the glass on the guy's head. And then French is like, what are you on your period? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just so good. The writing is amazing. Um, are you still a cop when Costello is just slamming that boot into his broken arm is such a good scene. Uh, I mean, so good. His performance in this is, it's one of his yeah. best. It's so underrated. Yeah. Cause like everyone's like Leonardo DiCaprio has done like all these like fantastic roles. And like, this is like not within the top five that people would normally mention, but like, it's so yeah. good. This one and catch me if you can does not get enough praise. Like he's so exactly. good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, we already talked about that. Uh, Leo asking Madeline on a date, like right after he just berates her about getting like, <laughs> so you want to go get a cup of coffee? <laughs> like player, dude, shoot your shot, man. Love it. So. Um, and then I just love Madeline just like literally being dr- like holding up these two men that are just holding on to her. Like the only, their mm-hmm. only grip on reality is Madeline. And she's just like, She's, like, screwed no matter what happens. Like, it is yeah. just terrible for her. And I wish we kind of got more of that. Like, at least one scene where she has, like, a monologue or, like, something. Um, but mm-hmm. I think what yeah. she did have, I think, was really powerful. She was really good in this. Um, and yeah. I don't know this actress's name. I don't know what else she's been in. But Vera, Vera Farmiga. Farmiga. Lots of Vera stuff. Farmiga. Which, by but the way, she... how freaking good does she look in this movie? So good. Holy so cow, good. She's she, so she's a bit this. of a character did actress. Did y'all say Vera um, Farmiga? Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. Never heard of that. So she was in, she's in the Conjuring Never movies. Um, she was in that show Bates Motel. Never she played Norma, uh, Norma Bates. Uh, but like, I mean, but yeah, also a bunch of other stuff. Oh, Up in the Air. Did you ever see that? Uh, George Clooney. That's the one that the really the Juno guy did after. Juno. Oh, she's in, uh, Anna Kendrick's mm-hmm. in it. So you may just want to skip that one. I think Anna Kendrick got an Oscar nom for that one. She's yeah. great at it, but Ty hates her. Yeah. Yeah, but no, Vera Farmiga is great. She's a bit of a character actress, but she's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her younger sister, Tysa Farmiga, they're like 20 years apart. And yeah. she's, uh, 
I'm like waiting for them to play mother and daughter, like because they look so really? much alike. That'd be that'd be yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, but I mean, like, I, if I you have a 20 year age gap with an yeah. with your sibling who's also an actor, like, come on. I assume since you're talking about her, you didn't recast her, so I feel no, okay I saying I thought about I it. I recast her. Shut up. Shut up. Well, I mean, as not Taisa Formiga, you didn't. Yeah, that's what put I mean. Her as the new Madeline. No, that's what I mean. No, yeah, that's. I what didn't I mean. even know her name. Uh, I didn't know this person. I didn't even check. I just know her as Madeline. Yeah. Madeline Madden, um, so which she has a comic book name in the Scorsese movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I thought of, I wanted to real bad. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if Vera Farmiga's little sister played this character in this? But I like looked up her filmography. I was like, I've never heard of anything she's ever been in before. So I guess <laughs> American Horror Story stuff. She's yeah. a Ryan Murphy person. Have you seen any of that? Um, Jack plays Frank so insane, just insane. This like. The scene where he's just holding that dude's hand, severed hand while he's talking to Costigan oh. uh, about ja- uh, John Lennon. Like, and I love yeah. his Costigan's response to that. Do you know John Lennon? Yeah, he was a president before Lincoln. Like, what an asshole. Like, respond, like yeah. such a smart ass. <laughs> but, like, you know he knows who John yeah. Lennon is because he quoted Hawthorne, like, three scenes Hawthorne. before. <laughs> what, you don't know any Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> But his energy is so perfect for like a mob boss, particularly like of South Boston. Like, it's it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, the line that Damon says, "I'm fucking Irish. I'll deal with something being wrong for the rest of my life," is a little bit too real for me, coming from an <laughs> Irish Catholic yep. family. Like a little same, same. real, real, real. <laughs> like that hit that line hits hard every single time. He says that, and you go, "Ooh, accurate." Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, obviously leo getting shot like the first time i saw this i was just like what 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 like i had to rewind i was just like what happened um and then dingman dingman getting the revenge is honestly the cherry on top like being queenan's man he clearly cares about uh costigan even though he just and i think he like it feels like he berates the undercover cops differently than he's berating like the cops around the office There's a totally different intent behind the way he's, like, yeah, shitting on Costigan than he is with, like, everyone else in the office. And, like, you can totally tell. And I think it's that, like, him being able to avenge Costigan and Queenan, like, I think that was just perfect for him. And I love that he didn't say anything. I like that he just, like, waited for Damon to, like, kind of, like, beg or do something, and then he shot him right mm-hmm. in the freaking head <laughs> yeah I, I do like how in that in when that confrontation scene with uh costigan and sullivan when costigan's like where is digman like yeah like he like despite everything he knows like he would have his back if he yeah. could and the fact that he wasn't able to be there like you can just see like the disappointment he's like oh man i'm fucked because he's not here like yeah. and then I don't know if y'all got this, but the rat on the windowsill was like, you know, because there were multiple oh, rats. Oh, no way. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if you got that. That was like an Adam McKay kind of like No, I'm satire. actually stupid, so I love it when directors force feed <laughs> metaphors to me, actually. Isn't there a thing um, about like how there's an X, like physically, like there's like, you know, crossed tape or like an X in chalk or something in like the background of scenes when people are about to die? Like it's kind of a giveaway. Ooh, I don't know. Feel like I, I feel like I heard this theory once. I haven't really I like noticed on it on Reddit or something. I'll have to look it up later. But yeah, little Easter eggs like that. But yeah, 
Do y'all know about the uh, fan theory about the rat? Like that rat is actually <laughs> the rat in Endgame. That like saves everybody. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's, it's a real fan theory, and I'm Stupid. absolutely here for it. <laughs> that Stupid. rat went from Boston to San Francisco to get Ant Man. <laughs> It went from Boston to San Francisco in 14 years. Hey, and I heard it's related to Remy, the rat from Ratatouille. So, like, there's yeah. this whole Probably. whole rat theory. Sure. Well, and for it to live for 14 years, it's got to be an animagus. Oh. You know, uncommonly long life for, for, or a long life for a common house A common rat. Irish rat. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, cool. Any more? Nope. Sweet. Uh, I didn't find a ton of fun facts. IMDb didn't have a lot of interesting ones. It's it's just a lot of like. Uh, Scorsese said that this is the first movie he's ever made with a plot. Do you know who like, was supposed like to that. be in this movie instead of Leo? And do you have that? Yeah, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise yeah. were supposed what? to be Billy and uh, we're supposed what? to be Colin and Billy respectively. So Tom Cruise was going to play the Leo DiCaprio. And then De Niro would. Wait, been... I'm sorry. When you said. Uh, I had it flipped in my head when no. you said that at no. first. Brad, I would have thought Brad that... Pitt as Colin Sullivan, Tom Cruise as Billy Costa. De Niro as Queenan. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. That Pacino would have been so bad. I think Pacino was also supposed to be Queenan at one point, but it had a scheduling conflict. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. That would have been awful. It would have been a really bad. Um, movie. I could you know, I could have I could see maybe Tom Cruise playing Colin Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And Brad Pitt as Billy Costigan makes sense to me. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> like, I yeah, would have flipped that entirely. They were originally reversed. And I, I think Brad Pitt Brad Pitt was one of the people that paid for the American remake rights for Infernal Affairs. Like he was part of that purchasing process to have the movie made. He produces a yeah. lot that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, did this begin the partnership with Leo and Scorsese? I don't I remember. think so. I didn't see right? that. Yeah, it was this, and then Shutter Island, yeah. and then The Aviator, and then yeah, those were all after two thousand six. Yeah, and then they've made a yeah a few together. Wall Street. Um, most Wall of the Street. other ones are about Infernal Affairs. Uh, the only other one that's just kind of fun that I like to count, or I like to keep track of in movies. The F word is used two hundred and thirty eight times in this. And you can there's tell there's times where it was cut out too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, all right. Um. Let's get into our lows. I have I have a handful. I have one specifically that you guys are not going to like. Do you want me to go first or last? Let me go first. I only have Just one. Go. Oh, okay. Okay, Ty, go ahead. <laughs> the song playing during the Madeline and Costigan sex scene is so 90s cheesy sex scene. It's terrible. Yeah. What's I don't know, it? but it wasn't good. It was like Top <laughs> Gun <laughs> level. I was not paying attention like, to sex that. Scene. It was like... <laughs> The scene was good. It's just the song playing in the background, which was like, this belongs in an 80s movie. Like, this doesn't belong <laughs> in a Scorsese movie. <laughs> Ellen, do you have any lows? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a... Like, the under... the. I mean, there's a lot of use of, like, the N-word and other racial slurs mm. and... Homophobic uh, slurs. Homophobic slurs. All over the place. Yeah, but the thing is, like... That's kind of what Boston is like. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. it is Boston, and like it's like, oh, today, the, it's like the, um, yeah, an old man Irish mobster in South yeah. Boston is a racist. What a revelation. Right. Like, obviously, it makes it, it's accurate for him to be saying that stuff. And even for some of the cops to be like that, because they're, you know, they're 
so old school or whatever so yeah it sucks to hear it on screen and like it makes you cringe but like it is kind of yeah. accurate to these characters so yeah anything else and then another one was like i i don't understand why any woman would fuck frank um, money that was money they were money. i mean it's money <laughs> and the cocaine Ellen, being money. thrown at them <laughs> Apparently, I guess I, I should have used this in the fun fact. The opera, the theater scene where Frank is at the theater was entirely Jack Nicholson's idea, and it was also his idea to have one <laughs> one white woman on his arm and one black woman on the other arm. Was Jack Nicholson's idea? No clue why. Did not explain any further. I mean, it may- Jack Nicholson. I was gonna say weird. I don't think they had porn. I don't think they have porn theaters anymore. But it makes when sense. He, that, oh, no, that like- scene when he turns around with the dildo in his <laughs> hands, I laugh every single time and it's not funny that damon almost it, falls it, over it's so, it makes me laugh so because i'm just in my head i'm imagining all these people filming jack nicholson doing that and it's just hilarious to picture yeah. all right any more lows ellen oh that's my only lows really okay i have a few um i just and this is more of a personal thing than an actual issue with the movie it's just i think all Boston accents, even when genuine, sound fake and forced and bad. How would you like, know just... where they are? How would you not know they were in Boston? I don't understand. Maybe it's because every character except Jack Nicholson's wearing a Red Sox hat at one point. <laughs> that might be part of it, huh? Um, like, even, even the genuine sound weird and fake and forced. Martin Sheen's is bad. Yeah, he says, genuinely if you listen bad. to that, you're not a co-op. Like, he says yeah. it differently awful. every single time. Every time. Every time. Yes, he also forgets that he's supposed to be from Boston and half of his dialogue, and then, like, it's like he remembers midline sometimes. It's bad. <laughs> it's very bad. It's bad, but he's just still so good it's in Mark this Sheen, role. Martin Sheen, man. Like, I fucking love Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. President Bartlett. I mean, Danny, you've got to watch West Wing. I feel like you'd love it. I've seen a lot of West Wing. You're lying. We watched it, we watched it in my high school government class a ton. Uh-huh. Like a lot Talks of it. To your yeah, teacher. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that was the like I don't want to teach, uh, and she apparently didn't want to teach much. So. <laughs> um, I really kind of yeah. both wanted but really needed more from Vera Farmiga's character. Like I felt mm-hmm. like she wasn't given nearly enough to do in this. Like I, I think like seeds were planted there for her, for her to have a much bigger role and much bigger part in the actual plot of this, and they just didn't come to fruition. I felt How like. did her role compare in the? This sounds so wrong. Infernal Affairs. Like, how did There's, the woman... Th- they took two different characters from Infernal Affairs and combined them in Vera Farmiga's okay. character. Oh, so, so they, they each had a girlfriend? Yes, yeah, so it's supposed to be two different oh, people. Oh, I kind of like it yeah. better that there's a woman between them who's like... Like, when she's like, and I thought I was a liar. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It made it more of, like, a richer story to me. I just needed more from her, because there's, like... It's just a lot of, like... Oh, this guy uh, has just got done begging you for drugs. You're going to go on a date with him now? Like, that's what's happening here? Feels weird. How about I get a gun and shoot myself in the fucking head? Like, what? (laughs) But also, yes, I'll go to coffee with you right now. That line was just so crazy. And then he gets... She gives him the prescription and he goes, is this enough to kill myself? (laughs) Like, what? She goes, goes, maybe. And then she immediately goes to coffee with him and then hooks up with him later on. Like, I just... I needed more. I saw that scene as them kind of playing a game. They're like playing a little bit of a chicken with each other of like how far. I think she understood you know, that he gonna... wasn't like, cause she said yeah, like, like, you're showing all the signs of drug seeking behavior, but I don't think she believed he was. And he was yeah. like, bet. 
And she goes, yeah. okay. And they like they just kept pushing it. Like I feel like they were playing a game. It was like psychological flirting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. E- even so, I, I needed more. For, I, I needed her to be a bigger part of the actual story and like ulti- like the end game of these characters and like how they develop and what happens with them. Like I felt like she, there was so much there that could have happened and just didn't because she wasn't given enough to yeah, do. Yeah, she needed like like I kind of wish. I love the scene where she wa- just walks past Damon at Cossigan's funeral. Mm-hmm. But I kind of mm-hmm. wish she like she had gotten like a monologue there where she could have just gone off on Damon and kind of like destroyed him. Cause like yes. he never got verbally destroyed in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like you have that scene in the elevator where he's crying and then you have like th- where he gets shot in the head, but you don't have anyone like straight up like, you know, turn the knife. Mm. Yeah, that would have been good, but I feel like it was pretty effective for her to just walk by because, like, yeah, he's so pathetic. Yeah, he doesn't deserve her yeah. words. And I um, like to think that that was Billy's baby. Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent Billy's baby. I refuse <laughs> to yeah. believe that it's absolutely. That it's, yeah, I mean, Sully couldn't absolutely. even get it up. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> um, I've said this before, so this isn't like a new thing. I just a lot of times I'll have a hard time loving and connecting with stories where I hate every character. And this is one of those instances where there's just like, what? there's not a, there's not a ton of people to root for. Like the closest thing I get is DiCaprio and he's having a panic attack the entire movie. What and so it just Baldwin feels weird. Or Queenan. They had like not that big of a deal in this movie. I feel like Alec Baldwin was just there to give Mark Wahlberg somebody to bounce off of. You know what I mean? What about Wahlberg? You didn't like That's, Wahlberg? He's yeah, like kind of that he perfect was, asshole. He was funny, yeah. but he's not likable. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like. Yeah. I loved him. <laughs> um, seeing Infernal Affairs before seeing this is probably why this didn't hit me as hard as it did most. Like you talked about the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio gets shot, and it just like blew your mind. Like mm-hmm. I that scene with literally with the elevator like hitting the dead body over and over again is a direct. Yeah, like directly mm. from Infernal Affairs, and so I just kind of knew everything, and so I think that's maybe why, like n- every one of the twists I had already seen before, and so it's not a complaint about the movie. It's just probably why I wasn't, I didn't have any moments where I was just like, "Oh my god," yeah. where I probably would have if I had seen this first. Yeah, yeah. and then my last one, um, which I'm t- sorry and maybe wrong about this, I think Jack Nicholson and Martin Sheen are kind of bad in this. What? Is wrong. What? I kind of think, think they're not good. Wow. What? I kind of think they're wow. both just bad in this. Like Martin Sheen is just he's he's spending all of his mental energy trying to remember that he's supposed to be doing a Boston accent and just comes off as like dumb grandpa who is like just being pushed around by Mark Wahlberg and it's just like I I didn't love him his acting performance too much and Jack Nicholson is a cartoon character in this movie and not in the like not in a good way i didn't think wow i understand it's a Disagree. hot take understand i'm probably wrong that's fine i'm oh I'm you're okay definitely being wrong, wrong about sure, this but yeah like... that's fine i just i think i think it's very good yeah. yeah gotta have one every now and then you know mm-hmm. uh, but those are all my lows any other highs and lows before we get into the recast um i mean i don't know like thinking about um when uh, Costigan gets shot, like, I think one of the reasons why, one, it's so shocking because, like, we think he's our hero, but, like, mm-hmm. it happens in such a, like, 
quick, not dramatic. It's like this, not this big moment. It's like this Cedric it's, Diggory yeah, it death. Just, it's just like, yeah, what? Like what? what? But he, but at least Cedric Diggory got killed by someone big and important. Like like Costigan gets shot by like this nobody like dirty cop. Yeah. Um, it's mm-hmm. like really there's not there's no dignity or like big like win and and the only person who knew his value was Madeline um and like she'll just kind of get to carry that with her forever and like that's why you hope that like that kid is his because it's like yeah (laughs) um yeah yeah. I mean it just it just goes more into like why I I love that relationship between him and Madeline yeah I wish I mean obviously she was technically with Sullivan the whole time but like I wish we'd seen more of that because Mm -hmm. she was really the only person who like saw him um I mean Queenan kind of did but and I guess Digman kind of did, but like I mean, the one who like truly valued yeah. him. And Costigan was more like a tool to Queen Anne and Digman, like a really good tool that they yeah. that they <laughs> fully trusted. But, Had respect for, yeah. 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 Sweet. Anything else? Mm-mm. All right. Um, let's get into our recasts. Uh, I'll go first. I thought it would be fun to move the setting over to the UK. Um, just not, I mean, there's not a huge reason for that. I don't think it affects the story too much if I just move this to the UK from Boston. So it's a Guy Ritchie movie now. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, it uh, gives more pleasant accents to listen to at least. (laughs) That helps a little bit. I don't know. Um, Have you heard like, like cockneyed accents? (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, so my. Essex. I mean, this is going to be South London here. (laughs) This is um, Love Island. This is all Love Island. So we recast. <laughs> yeah, gosh. We recast six people. Um, we agreed on that, right? That's yeah. what we decided. One, two, um, three, okay, four, so my. Six. I recasted like seven. Okay. Okay. My oh, Oliver Queen in. I get. I did Ellerby too. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't do. I don't think I even Alec know who Baldwin, Ellerby is. And I didn't do Ellerby. Alec Baldwin. I mean, no. I didn't do no, Alec Baldwin. Didn't do I didn't do. I don't know who else. Did you? Elsie, would you have cast? Ellerby is the seventh. One, two, three, four, five, six. I did seven, so I yeah. just added Alex oh, okay. character. Yeah. Um, my Oliver Queen in this is the Martin Sheen character. I'm going with Olivia Coleman. Okay. Mm. I think she's great in general and great and stuff like this. And, uh, and what's uh, the one with her and David Tennant? Uh, yeah, that TV show. Oh, Broadchurch. Yeah. Who? Yeah. So, like, so she good. can play a cop, and this kind of character should be great. Um, my Sean Dignam, uh, is Colin Farrell. Nice. Yeah. He's, he's nice. great. He'd great and yeah. stuff like this being the loud, obnoxious asshole in the office. And, and like I, like absolutely yeah, I wish I'd, I'd done a British he version. Should do, this is a good idea. Colin Farrell should like do this. a Boston accent in England. <laughs> he's, he's kind of doing it in, as yeah. a penguin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Madeline Madden. I'm going with one of our favorites here. Jody Comer. Nice. Nice. She fits. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She's, it, she's perfect and can do it yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes, she can do literally <laughs> anything. Uh, my Frank Costello is Gary Oldman. Nice. nice. Yeah. He's perfect. Bananas perfect in this, uh, for sure. And so for my Colin and Billy, you need I wanted guys that are that could pass as fairly similar. Um it's appearance wise. I think like they don't, I don't need them to be twins or anything, but it's at least fairly similar. Um, and so for my Colin Sullivan, I'm going with Richard Madden. Okay. 
Nice. Handsome. Yeah. He did, he can do the straight lace serious. He did that in Game of Thrones. But also slimy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. He can I think do it, yeah. I think he could pull off the slimy really well. Uh, his character in Rocket Man super slimy and serious and that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my Billy Costigan is the man of the hour, Robert Pattinson. Oh, nice. Hell, yeah. yeah. Perfect. You stole um, my number one, but that's fine by <laughs> me. Yeah. It just it makes it makes some like that. He's the second God, name. So Ellen's gonna be this. recasting Robert Pattinson in everything for the next like two months. <laughs> He he's Maybe. the first he's the first person I wrote down when I decided to move this over to the UK and kind of the reason I decided to move this to the UK but it's just when I I was like oh the Batman Robert Pat, it just makes too much dang sense it dude I as, wish as I wish I had thought of that and moved it to Texas and got uh, I thought and about got it. Matthew McConaughey and um, uh, the <laughs> oh. other True Detective guy uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Woody, Woody Harrelson, Harrelson. <laughs> yeah dang it. I, I, I wasn't going to do it. them, but I thought about moving it to Texas. would have been cool. I've made but... a big mistake by keeping in mind in Boston. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> could you imagine Matthew uh, McConaughey as Frank Costello and Woody Harrelson fuck yes, as I could. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely, I could. I could. All right, tie your um, Yeah, so I kept this in Boston, obviously. Uh, my queen is Tom Hanks. So, you know, nice. why not? Nice. I went with big, kind of big names for the older roles. And then kind of not no names, but they have they're not huge yet. Um, Ding, Dingman, Dingnan, Dingnam. I have, I have it as Dignam. 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 Uh, yep. They said yeah. it so many different ways in the movie. Uh, I'm going with the man of the hour, Sebastian Stan. He's going to mm. be my, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he could just do that manic, like just insane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He could. Uh, Madeline Madden. I could not stop seeing this person in this role. Elizabeth Olsen. Like I could not oh. stop seeing her in that. She was my backup. Yeah, she's great. And then Frank Costello, I love this is my favorite of all the recasts, Willem Dafoe as Frank Costello. As <laughs> yes. just that's this first, that's like, the first yeah. name I had written down for Willem Dafoe until I decided really? to move it overseas. That's a, a perfect just choice. Just a psychopath. Like he could play it so well. <laughs> and then he would have been mine if I hadn't moved it overseas. So you're yeah. welcome. I did that for you. Bro. And then my Colin and Billy, I went with two English actors, uh Colin Sullivan, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Because I think he's really good, and damn it, that's yeah. my calling. <laughs> I think he's so good, and I don't think he's really had like he hasn't really had that role yet. Mm-mm. He's Mm-mm. in the new Brad Pitt, yeah. like whatever John Wick movie that he's making, but like he's not really been in anything. He's always like a third guy. Yeah. Um, and then for my Billy Coskin, I'm going with Taron Edgerton, who can just play that nice. just exposed nerve the entire movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Ellen, you're up. Um, okay. You got your top two roles stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bud. It's okay. Well, you guys picked really good friends. It's what you get for stealing okay. my um, movie. This was going to be my pick for next week. <laughs> fair. Um, okay, so just for fun, I'll say who I picked for LRB. Um, I was going to go with Don Cheadle. <laughs> yeah, just saying ridiculous <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what he does yeah. in the Marvel movies. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, my version of Boston's a little less racist. I have a person of color on the on the uh, police force. Um, so for my queen in, oh, I'm still going back and forth. Um, Michael Keaton. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, and then my dignum is Casey Affleck. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, he's, I just think about that Duncan's Boston commercial. <laughs> You're doing a Boston movie. You gotta have Casey Affleck. Duncan nuts. 
Um, and then my Madeline uh, is Emma Stone. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've seen her do like just a role, straight like dramatic yeah. role. Um, and then, okay, so for Frank, I truly was having a hard time with this because I was so wrapped up in like specifically Jack Nicholson's performance and how it would, it's so him. So I thought um, if we're doing a remake, like let's change it, but let's just bring someone back from the original cast. Let's have Leo be oh, the mob oh, boss. Oh, oh. <laughs> I like good. that one. So DiCaprio. Um, and then, so oh, you took Aaron Taylor Johnson. My Colin is Jack Lacey from the white Lotus and the high fidelity TV show. <laughs> I and, seen uh, big being, you see, he was in being the Ricardos. Who is he in that one? Uh, I haven't seen it, but <laughs> he's, <laughs> I love Ellen this always bit of Ellen. Just like, I'm watching this TV show, but you've never heard of this actor. Jake, Jake Lacey. I'm sorry. Oh, um, he's, but, uh, but doesn't make he's, it, uh, it doesn't know the new gym in the office. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. you. Why did he just say that? Jake Lacey is what I meant, not Jack. But yeah, he plays um, Bob Carroll in Being the Ricardos. But he was so good on The White Lotus. I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I probably should pick someone who's a big movie star, but I think he would be good in this. Nah. I should have gone with Jesse Plemons, but whatever. Um, Ooh, Jesse Plemons. You should have gone with Jesse Plemons. That's pretty sick. Maybe I'll maybe maybe I maybe I'll switch over to Jesse Too late. Too late. Yeah. Jack Lacey. You're right you already took your hand Jack off the Lacey. piece. It's there. This is a fake thing nope. that we made up. Nope. <laughs> All right, Jake Lacey. It is. I'm sticking with it. Um, and then my Billy is. Yeah, you took Michael. You took Robert Pattinson. So I'm going with Michael B. Jordan. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, put him in any movie. Yeah. It's perfect. Hot, broody. None of us cast Lakeith Stanfield. Shocking. He's not jacked. <laughs> okay, Leo isn't like <laughs> super jacked in this movie. I don't know I why. No, he's you're... not. I know he's not. <laughs> stupid, stupid. Like Michael stupid. B. Jordan is, at least has like 150 pounds on on Leo. And like this. And I know that Robert Pattinson is not jacked, jacked either. But like I once I got Michael B. Jordan in my head, I was like, well, I guess he's like jacked. Robert um, Pattinson in the Batman was like kind of jacked, and he's still like jacked, five times really. more jacked than Leo was in this movie. Goodness. <laughs> like, I don't make sense to myself. Okay. <laughs> Do you guys have any other uh, fun backups you didn't get to make? Um. I'd um, Vigo Mortensen yes. as my backup, Frank Costello, because he just does whatever Ooh. he wants in every role. And then Chris Evans as my backup, yeah, so Dignam. Because I feel like he yeah. wants to uh, do those roles now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bradley Whitford was my backup, Queen in. But I also wrote down, I wish we still had Philip Seymour Hoffman because he'd be perfect oh, as Oh, my Queen. gosh. He would be uh, perfect as Costello. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't he be perfect as Costello? Yeah. And then I had Bradley Cooper as my backup Dignan. <laughs> yeah, that fits. I just feel like you get um, anyone in there that can do a Boston accent and we'll just have fun cussing at people. Yeah. yeah. I had. Uh, I almost put Chris Evans as as Colin Sullivan. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I had Dacre Montgomery as my backup Colin and Lucas Hedges as my backup Costigan. Okay. Lucas Hedges was You're the Costigan that I had You're going to give me shit for Jake Lacey and you put Dacre Montgomery, who's only been in Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. No. We're and giving you shit because you do it every episode. Every time. Okay. Sorry. 
Uh, Lucas Hedges is the Billy Costigan that I had written down 30 minutes into this movie. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, this is Lucas Hedges' part. And it's and only then, because of Manchester uh, by the Sea. <laughs> That's yes. what I realized. But I... I had a hard time. Uh, I had a hard time finding the other side of the coin in a Colin Sullivan that I felt like could be comparable to a sort of Lucas Hedges type. I had a hard time finding like his counterpart, and then of course I decided to go overseas. But I had J.K. Simmons as Oliver Queen in for That's a bit, a good one, yeah. um, and I had Jake Gyllenhaal as Sean Dignam for a while mm. before I moved it overseas. But all right. I had uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Dylan O'Brien as a Billy backup. Gyllenhaal just putting Who? all of his anger out. From the <laughs> shit that Taylor he'd Swift been a good fans dinner. have been giving him yeah, for been a really no good reason dinner. at all. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, let's move on to letterbox scores. Ellen. <laughs> that was five stars. Yep. Yeah, five stars. Easy. This is like a top ten Easy. movie for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to go Danny. with three and a half. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not, it's not bad. bad. It's a good yeah. movie. I, it's oh, a very yeah. good movie. I like. I it's understand the that it's same a very good score movie. you gave Con Air, which is what I compare mm-hmm. every movie that you give a rating to. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty sure it's also the same score I gave Infernal Affairs. Nice. Um, so it feels it feels right. It's really good. I think if I hadn't seen Infernal Affairs first, this is probably four stars. I can't wait uh, till I, we I stop recording so you can stop saying Infernal Affairs because even though it's right, <laughs> it sounds wrong. So sorry. It sounds yeah, wrong, I and I think it's because they say internal affairs in this movie so much, because that's where Sullivan works. <laughs> that's, he works yeah, in, that's in internal affairs. Yeah, but the internal affairs are on fire. <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? I, actually, I have no But idea. did you get it, though? Like, the rat in but the background, because he was a rat, <laughs> and it was at his apartment. It's truly, <laughs> truly some Zack Snyder level heavy handedness with no, that. dude. Come on, that's like that's like Adam McKay. Don't look up. You're right. That's like big time. <laughs> you know, come on. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> All right, uh, Ty, you get to pick next week's. Movie. I still okay. I'm Ooh, deciding I'm right so now on the spot. So like, pick. I was thinking about going for a Fincher movie since the Batman was so like inspired by Fincher, and I had one that was more Social Network than Seven. So. Danny, you would probably liked it, but it is really long. You've kind of been through the ringer with long movies recently. Thank so you. I'm going to go. We haven't done a comedy in a while. Ellen loves this movie. I love this movie. I know for a fact you love people in this movie, Danny. We're going to do what we do in the shadows. <gasps> yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, is my, this is one of my. Bless you. This is a top 10 movie for me, like of all time. Like Bless you, I Ty. freaking love what we do in the shadows. Yeah. This is another one that I was like, I've had over the last like six months, I've had so many like, I should watch what we do in the shadows because I love Taika. Oh, it would make a pretty good episode. I think. Now, you think it so. was going to be hard recasting Frank Costello? Try recasting Taika Waititi. Oh. Yeah. Or anyone in yeah. this movie. <laughs> Thank goodness <laughs> I get to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Cool. I'm super excited to watch this. Like genuinely, very, very more excited to watch this than I have been for maybe any other movie we've done on the show. Go. So this is a great pick. Well, Thank he threw you. you he threw you a bomb because when he texted me earlier, he was like, "Should I pick this Fincher movie?" I was like, "Yeah, I it's love really that long, movie. but it's really good." And I honestly think you'd like it, but it is really long, and you've watched a lot of long movies. And this one's like yeah, what? Much. Like it's a mockumentary yeah, that's like eighty minutes long, eighty-six minutes yeah. long. It was made in twenty fourteen. Perfect. It isn't streaming. And it's anywhere, Taika. But that's fine. I know, you have to rent it. it. Honestly, 
if you if you can find a Give good your yeah if you can find a good price to buy it i think yeah. i know for a fact you're gonna love this movie you'll Sweet. watch it over and I'm over super again excited about this all right you guys ready to get yeah. out of here Mm-hmm. Alright, thank you for watching a movie with us. Our theme song is Glass Auditoriums by Doc Ellicott. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Email us at wswampod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at watchamoviepod. Until next time, maybe, maybe not, maybe fuck yourself. Bye. Are you a cop? <laughs> Bye. <laughs>